Friday, and thanks for spending the week with us here on the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, I'm Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. And we're back on the ground here with the uh, the fellows trying to figure out the, the power supply, and for purposes of the movie, they can't figure out how, how it goes and again this is this is another place where you know it, it's a movie and they have to create drama and stuff but the uh the work that they the, the work that they're talking about here they're trying to figure out how to get power uh when they power up the command module which is now ice cold you know it's negative 200 degrees outside and uh it's ice cold and they're going to have to restart it and heat up the uh, reaction control system thrusters so they can aim the ship and and get ready to you know fire uh, fire things so that they're properly aligned for reentry. And uh, uh, Ken Mattingly is talking to John Aaron, who you know until I watched this minute, I it never hit me that the guy that plays uh, the guy that plays John Aaron is uh, Mumford. If you ever, have you ever seen the movie Mumford, oh, I'm not sure I have. Oh, okay, yeah, he's a he's a fake psychiatrist who moves into a town and he's. He's got, I don't want to spoil it. He's got a whole oh, other past. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Jason Lee's in it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's Mumford. I was like, I, I'm watching it. I was like, why does he look so familiar? And then I looked him up, and uh, sure sure enough, you know, uh, Lauren Dean, <laughs> who played Mumford, is uh, is John Aaron in this. So I, I can, I'm not doing the Mumford minute, but I can strongly recommend <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the movie Mumford and if uh, if you're if we're we're recording this during the plague year of 2020 so if, if you've got nothing to watch and you want to see something go rent mumford or it might be it might be streaming somewhere hbo usually has it in their back catalog so it's uh well well worth a watch of of mumford i uh, think he I, plays a john aaron character really good yeah yeah he comes across as uh as an easygoing guy i've seen interviews with john aaron and he seems very uh yeah, he's very focused, but very laid. Like, typical engineer, just laid back, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it, it. He's walking, he's walking Ken Mattingly through through everything, and Ken is telling him, you know, what's Ken is telling him what power he doesn't have, and uh, Ken comes across as he's you know, give me more power, and he's like, I don't have you know, I can't give any more power. This is what we, this is what we have. Um, in the reality, they, very early on when they started talking about getting power, they tried to figure out how they could reverse power from the lunar module. And that's the way they will eventually solve this. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. The way they will eventually solve this is by figuring out how to tie the umbilicus that, uh, that was going from to provide the service module power to the lunar module. They reversed it and managed to use it to charge the uh, command module batteries with the lunar module. Um, I have a, there's a, there's a great book. It's different. It, it's more like a, a series of Newsday articles and in, in different. Uh, it's kind of an anthology of information about uh, the lunar module and building it. Made very Long Island centered. Um, it is called uh, Chariots for Apollo. Uh, Charles uh, Pellegrino and uh, uh, jo- Joshua Stoff. You must know him from uh, uh, Birthplace oh, yeah. of Aviation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, jo- he he wrote a he wrote a book called Chariots for Apollo. 
and uh, it's a collection of interviews and uh, uh, time, you know, uh, contemporary contemporary accounts of uh, of everything from this con- the first con- you know from the moment that Grumman uh, accepted the bid up until the end of Apollo. And it's told. I mean, it was a lot of the articles were written for Newsday, which is Long Island's newspaper. So it's very Long Island centric and interest, interesting. Yeah, it's very hometown feel when you're reading about things. Um, here's a quote that he has from Jack from Jack Swigert. Jack Swigert said, "On the way home, Mission Control gave me a procedure for getting a lem electricity uh, to run the the command module. This was something that had never been done before. By following the new procedures, we get we got lem power into the command module. We used it to recharge the reentry batteries. After that, we knew we had it good." The, com- uh, the command module would have a, a, a good electrical system, but we didn't dare use it until the last couple of hours. Thanks to Mission Control and the guys who worked it all out in the simulators, the procedures worked perfectly. The last morning I was back in my element. I had something to do, and every switch and circuit breaker that I had turned on in Odyssey just made me feel that much better. I forgot for a while about being tired, and I didn't even notice the cold. James and Fred were the same. Our teamwork was fantastic. We were one body with three heads and six hands. As tired as we were, there was never a cross word. Everybody meshed. Everybody took his share of the load. So yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's more of that that whole teamwork idea that uh, they coming up with these things. I mean, they they, they pin in, you know Ken Mattingly did play a major role in getting the ship. You know, and figuring these things out in the simulator, but he wasn't the only one. And it wasn't, it wasn't. You two guys go figure this out, and the rest of us will sit here and smoke cigarettes and hold them at awkward angles. Um, <laughs> well, it was interesting that you know a lot of the, uh, a lot of interesting people were involved in that. You know, uh, yeah. I, I want to say that Joe Engel was involved in it a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Al Warden was. Yeah. And. And then, to my surprise, I want to say that Al Warden said that Frank Borman was there. I, I hate to keep bringing my favorite astronaut into it, but yeah, no, and, and I, I'm, Frank I'm pretty never sure, said anything about it. You know, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Frank was the you know he even though he had retired, or no, he was retiring, in, at, but you know he was still active. He was, he was. I think what it was is he was retired from flight rotation. Yeah, but he was still at NASA. If that made right. sense. Yeah, I don't think he I left know he until did May. Some, I know he headed off some of the uh, the media. There, there are media interviews with Frank talking about Apollo 13, yeah, and he's representing NASA, so he he must have still been there. Yeah, and it's just you know they, they were all all hands to the wheel. They were, I mean, and everybody everybody that was off would come in. They said that the parking lot was full all the time because everybody just wanted to go in there and help wherever they could. So, uh, you know, working when you're tired it doesn't really solve things. And I know they're. They're pushing this as you know tireless Ken Mattingly with Gary Sinise standing up and figuring things out, but it was a lot larger than what uh, what we're seeing, what we're seeing in this thing. But you've only got an hour and a half on a movie, so here exactly two, two hours in a movie. Here you go. Um, it's it's interesting thinking about uh, having a. I, I always I always think about this as you're in a you're in a car and the alternator lights on and the battery lights on and the check engine light. And you're like. Oh, should I turn off the headlights? Will that, you know, <laughs> will it keep firing the spark plugs to get me home if I turn off the headlights? Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult re- reading all this stuff and saying, ah, oh, this is gonna be uh, tricky. Um, I I can't. I'm I'm thinking of other things with this particular minute, but there really 
the the problem with this i think this should have been uh a little bit more concatenated with the following minute where you know the uh, the uh, next week we're going to get into more of the aha moment of figuring out that electricity can flow in both directions <laughs> uh-huh. i i will point out that i would like to just go into the set that ken manningley's in and play yes yes i mean because that that and i i want to say that when they did the film that they actually restored the original simulators for the film wow i, I yeah i'm pretty sure i read that uh uh, somewhere that they had had the simulators and um, they were in storage or something and and when they did the film they had the the old sims restored so what you're seeing like when you see Ken Mattingly or or Gary Sinise uh, in in this shot I don't know if it's the set or if it's the actual sim now I've heard I've heard other things I've seen um uh, different on the on the the extra features tracks on the, on the Blu-ray version of this, where they show uh, some of the you know the the original the Kansas Cosmosphere Apollo 13, which uh, was the, uh, after Apollo 13, NASA was kind of embarrassed by Apollo 13, and they hid Apollo 13. You could you couldn't find around. They weren't it wasn't really on display anywhere, and. Uh, getting the Kansas Cosmosphere did a great job getting all the parts back together to display it and show it and a lot of that equipment had wound up in things like simulators and stuff so there is a possibility when you're looking at this simulator with uh, with Gary Sinise in it that one of those hand controllers may have gone to the moon on oh, Apollo geez. 13 Can you imagine that <laughs> and it's just yeah it's just such a, a wacky thing where you're you're seeing things playing themselves um, and we'll have we'll have more uh, things and people playing themselves coming up in future <laughs> minutes. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's such a, a gorgeous thing. I I always want to ask about things like the paint, the color schemes, and things. I know that there were supposed to be uh, yeah, psychological uh, measures to figure out what was the most calming, you know, what what the best backgrounds were. And in the '60s, when the Apollo was designed. That particular tone that's on the interior of the ship was known as eyes green. Uh, it, would, it was supposed to be a lot easier on the eyes to look at a light green background. <laughs> and this it, it turned out that was kind of a fib because the the <laughs> the, uh, the the results of, of different uh, psychological tests were uh, widely open to interpretation, as uh, to put it nicely. Uh, but they, this was such a popular idea, this IE's green. They used to actually make notebooks that weren't, they didn't have white loose leaf paper in them. They ha- actually had IE's green notebooks. And you can still find, if, if you go to, you'll see like steno pads and things like that, a lot of them will still be in the IE's green color just because it's supposed to be psychologically beneficial. But uh, mostly. I never crops. do that. Yeah, there's, there's the things you learn on this on this podcast. <laughs> um I don't know where the blue comes from, though. I guess it's uh, the Navy influence, or whatever they whatever they had around the uh, <laughs> whatever they had around the North, North America. It's like here, use the blue paint. Um, but just just beautiful. How much? Yeah, it, it it's funny. My uh, my kids. I ask them about. Uh, I, to me, this does this never looks dated to me. To me, Apollo spaceships look like they're state of the art, modern, and everything like that. Maybe if you look yeah. at the instrument panel, but my. Uh, uh, my daughter told me that it looks a lot like World War II era stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. I guess it's awful sturdy, and it's got the big knobs and the dials and switches <laughs> and things. In the in the uh, in the shuttle, I know they said that it uh, 
you know, well, the shuttle went through an upgrade, but before it did, it was like B fifty two hardware was in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It had big big dials and you <laughs> yeah, know, the old meters. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like a <laughs> like a Marantz stereo from the seventies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's I, I've seen as we're as we're recording this, we're about two weeks away from the launch of the crewed Dragon spacecraft. SpaceX is going to be uh, returning Americans into space on uh, on American ships, and when you see the the <laughs> The inside of a of a crude dragon, it, it, to me, it looks just like the inside of a Tesla. I mean, they've got the same, it's got the same control panel and stuff, and all the like. The you know, there should be like a defroster feature at the bottom of the screen. And <laughs> it's it's very and and the the space the spacesuits themselves look like something you'd wear on a motorcycle. It doesn't look like a doesn't look like a spacesuit to me. Yeah, it's very. Uh... I don't know what do you want to say. It's not bulky or anything, you know. No, it's it's it's, it's kind of like a you know it's a skin tight outfit, and I'm sure once once you inflate it, it's probably gonna bulge out a bit. But it just it just doesn't it doesn't look like how we usually think of those those guys that look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. You know, they're just kind of, <laughs> it, they don't look they don't look like they're like you got to hold they like you got to push their hands down to their sides and anything. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm sorry that. Uh, as we are in a time of uh, plague, uh, we're under quarantine and can't go to the launch. But I would, I would love to be on the on the shores of Titusville uh, watching watching this go up. Same here. Oh my God, it'd be awesome. Uh, um, one of the, uh, this is this doesn't have anything to do with uh, Apollo thirteen, the movie, but uh, these these pictures that we're looking at with Gary Sinise talking inside of the uh, of the ship. Uh, he's wearing a headset and. Uh, the movies by Minutes Group that that we belong to uh, has a uh, kind of an orientation. A sa- we call it the safety briefing. It's a, an orientation video, and whenever we record, we ask people to uh, wear a headset. And this is this is the this is the little video clip that we use. So we say, please wear a headset and don't you know don't use a telephone because we need really good audio when you're when you're recording a podcast. <laughs> um, gosh, I think I have I think I have three shirts that look just like. Uh, Ken Mattingly shirts there. I, that's I'm, that's my default. My grandpa, my grandpa uniform is typically a short short sleeve check shirt. Um, but yeah, this I, is I a, will say whoever whoever did the wardrobe really nailed it in this movie. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, it's spot on. Yeah, that's that's right out of the uh, the Sears men's department. And it's, <laughs> it's yeah, I can I can remember my dad wearing shirts like that. Um, yeah. It's, he's not wearing a pocket protector though, which is kind of surprising. But I guess he's an astronaut and he just lives dangerously. One of my favorite uh, clips, I think it was, fr- it was, I want to say it was from the most recent documentary about like the heroes of mission control. And there's a scene in it though where they're like, you know, they, you know, they depicted us as a bunch of, you know, nerdy pocket protecting, uh, pocket protector wearing guys, and you know, we didn't wear pocket protectors. And then they, they immediately go to vintage photos of like like four or five of the guys in the film and they're all wearing pocket protectors <laughs> you know back in the day it was really funny like yeah, they made was... a point to like circle them in the video it's, it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like having a mouse pad it was everybody had them so yeah, yeah. um but there's no no good place to hang your slide well your slide wo- rule you wore is a holster you'd wear it on your on your hip like a like an old like an old cell phone you <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> That was a well, big deal. I remember when you first had a cell phone, wearing that bad boy, and then, and then you, th- then eventually your pager. You know, you had yeah, your pager there. Yeah. And, uh, 
uh, yeah. the the electric leash we used to call it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Remember calling and not getting somebody at home, and you just had to wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even leave a message. It was like, oh, oh well. Yeah. Or worse, and this is something that I have to explain to younger people that I work with. Um, you know, it, it, you ha- kind of have it made. If you're like in the dating scene, you're a kid in the dating scene by today's standards, because like back in the day, like you had to like call their home and then like their dad might answer. Oh yeah, that was uh, and, dreadful. Like oh yeah, no. like oh I gotta Is call Julie and, there. Uh, yeah, I gotta call just, and ask this girl out. And, yeah. And then her and, dad answered, and he wants to know who it is. And yeah. It's like, oh, you know, now you can just text or call that person directly. It's like, you guys have no idea how easy you have it. Yeah, it's that Henry boy on the phone again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, shuddering. Or, yeah, or when you're trying to reach something and you're just out of range of your cord. You're like, oh, oh you got to yeah. get a pencil. I can't reach the pencil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a... <laughs> By the way, we got a lot of great feedback from people when we start talking about the old days. So we can we can talk about <laughs> uh, my uh, when I when I worked for Radio Shack. Uh, one of the things I got my one of the things I got my dad for Father's Day was I got him a twenty four foot extension for a wall phone. Oh uh, man, handset extension. That was and, living life. Yeah, yeah. He could actually. We lived in a, a split foyer, you know, the um, raised ranch kind of house. And uh, you could actually, we had a downstairs phone and an upstairs phone, but you could actually, from that phone, walk it downstairs and pick up the other phone and wow. <laughs> bring the other one back. Wow. So that was, yeah, that was living, living large. Yeah, that was like living in 2049 back then. I yeah, mean, was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, I remember my first, uh, my first cell phone looked like it was, my first cell phone looked like, the call box that Susan Lovell has in her house, the squat box. <laughs> yes, That's what my yes. first cell phone looked like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. With the, it's like a, like a, like a car battery size thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a, I can remember the first one that I had, had a, a little antenna that you had to pull up. Um, was, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had an antenna on mine. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's how you knew you were going really long range. You had to deploy the antenna, you know. Yeah, and then when you when you, when you wanted to send a text, if you ever wanted to send a text, you'd have to sit there going JKL. Yes, yes. MNO. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I well, you know, and and I think a lot of people will will uh, listen, you know, identify to this. But how many people even have a home phone anymore? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, you know, I just I'm just on a mobile. I, you know, there is no hardwired phone into our house. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, or or you know, for that matter, cable TV, cable TV yeah. has yeah. disappeared, and yeah, um, I still have cable TV because I like. There's something about I like some of the local news and stuff like that, but uh, um, boy, I'm sounding old when I say that. Uh, I heard myself say that just now. <laughs> you gotta catch yeah, just yeah. to just to watch the weather channel. I like to watch the yeah, I like to see what the weather is <laughs> in other places, you know. So <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we we cut the cord. Gosh, about it's been seven years. I think I've, I've I haven't had cable in seven years. We have internet, wow. but no wow. no cable. But there's so you can make it up with so much oh, any there's, other of these yeah. services. Anything you want to watch, it's like instantly available. Yeah, yeah. You can stream so, it. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, well, that's that's it for the geezer moment. <laughs> yeah. On, uh, yeah. <laughs> in my day, we walked yeah. to school both hill, yeah. both ways Up, uphill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was Pittsburgh in the winter. We had snow. Yeah, yeah exactly. The snow started in September and it didn't end until the next June. Yeah, yeah. 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 You uh, had to drink Iron City to keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, wow. Well, uh, we'll we'll be we'll be back with uh, we'll move into the into the future of 1970 uh, coming up on Monday. But I think that's about all that's going on here. They're just we, we're going to leave uh, Ken Mattingly in the in the basement of the command module, trying to figure out uh, uh, how to how to resequence everything. But they'll I'm sure they'll figure it out by next week. They've they've only got so much time. Uh, for folks who have distant memories of of the past and having to uh, carry uh, carry coins in their pockets to use a payphone because you didn't have a phone on your in your pocket yourself uh if you'd like to leave some some information about that go out to our social media always available on facebook at uh, apollo 13 mission control or on twitter at apollo 13 minute uh and if you've missed any of the previous 104 minutes you know where to find them they're at uh, apollo 13 minute.com apollo 13 minute.com uh you can pick up all the previous ones or you know you can go out to any of the typical pod catchers like Oh, what used to be iTunes, it's now Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play, Spotify, all the usual places. Go out there, subscribe, and uh, get the final half, final 30 of, of this show on your, uh, uh, you know, delivered hot and fresh every uh, Monday through Friday on your whatever podcasting device you listen to on your, in your, uh, in your fancy electric car or in your Peloton or whatever you're, whatever you're listening to us on, <laughs> so. So uh, we, I always, I always try to figure out what are, what are mostly, what are people mostly doing? I, it used to be I'm figuring they're commuting, but now I don't. In in the times of the plague, while we're here, I don't know where they're listening to this. So, but hopefully, oh, it's, it's interesting to think that somebody might be listening to us on a Peloton. If that, yeah, that's cool. If you are, go faster. <laughs> yes, quick. two more miles. Come yeah, on, get, come on, give me two more miles. You know, yeah. that's amazing. Like, yeah, it, it's cool. That's that's actually an amazing piece of equipment. I, I, I'm. It's, it looks it's, fun. It's something. It's something. It's uh, yeah. and I don't, you know, <laughs> like most exercise equipment. I always wonder how much laundry it can hold. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. This looks. That looks at least fun. Like it looks yeah. like you're. Oh yeah, you're yeah. Active, it looks like so. something to do. I. Yeah. I used to have. I used to have one that it would climb up a hill. And I, when I moved to Texas, it was just too. It was. It was too expensive to move, so I left it. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the things where you can uh, where where it changes, I, I like those. But that's got nothing to do with Apollo thirteen. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you, but if you want to talk about your uh, exercise equipment and what, what, tell us, tell us if you could, if you can go on on Facebook at uh, Mission Control, tell us where you listen to our podcast because we really would be interested in finding out what what on earth are you doing while you're listening to this show? Because I'd be very distracted if I were listening to this. Yeah, uh, exactly. Wow. Well, it looks like I we're can't wait to up... find out if someone's listening to us from like the shower. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and if you are, how you doing? <laughs> I'm at seventy thousand feet taking pictures of uh, a peninsula that I can't name. <laughs> yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. I'd love to hear where you guys are. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, please reach out to us. Um, it looks like we're uh, we're coming up on uh, loss of signal in about thirty seconds, so we'll catch you here next week. Please come back and join us right here on the Apollo Thirteen Minute.